Welcome to the Bulldog Bite, your powerhouse for all things Georgia football. Since last week was bye week, we don't have a game to recap, but don't worry, we've still got a great episode coming your way. Joining us on the show is former Georgia Bulldog Stephen Nixon. Stephen joined the Bulldogs in 2019 as a graduate transfer from Mercer University. He then earned the starting spot as the team's long snapper for the entirety of his final season. So without further ado, let's hunker down and get into the show. What kind of beer is that, Keys? <laughs> it's a Bebo. Bebo? What is a Bebo? It's a Creature Comforts. Did you even go to UGA? Yeah. Let me tell you about all the time I had to spend at Creature Comforts. You should have had plenty of time. I might as well go drink a bar of soap. <laughs> you don't like Creature? Nah. Give me a Bush Light. Good to go. Bush Light. You're a light beer man. So I'm assuming you haven't been to Terrapin either. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I thought, God, what did I do when I was there? I was going to say, what was your weekly schedule like? I mean, I knew you played football, so. Were you only there in the fall? Uh, or were you there fall and spring? I couldn't remember. No. I was there spring. I was there all of 2019, the entire year. So I got there in January and then graduated in December. I, I came for bowl season, the 2018 season. I was there for bowl season when we lost to Texas. Oh, you were on the sidelines for that game? Or were you just there practicing? No, I was just there for practice. Then when they traveled, I went home because uh, I wasn't technically on the roster. Um, so I was there for bowl season. And then I started this, that next spring as a student. And then all of spring, all of summer. And then literally we landed from the Sugar Bowl back in Athens, January 2nd at like 10 o'clock. And I was at my house. At one o'clock, and that was it. I lived in Athens for three hundred and sixty-six days. <laughs> so that's what's funny. So Kirby Smart took Look, a full year of your life, is what you're telling me. One full year and what? One day, two days, however many days are in a year. Three hundred sixty-five. So one day. I'm sure you had one day off in that. In Pretty that sure 2019 right? was a leap year too. Was it a leap year? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been honestly. I don't know. The whole year is a blur. Hey, it was a good year to be a dog, though. Eleven and one, uh, go to the SEC championship, get to play against uh, what a lot of people call one of the best football teams of all time with LSU and Joe Burrow and all that crew. Get a sugar bowl win. Quarterback I've ever seen play live in my entire life. He caught his own pass for a twenty-one yard completion. God, I remember that. That was miserable. I was at Terrapin, believe it or not, a place you've never been. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, that was a long day. It was a cool experience, don't get me wrong. It was awesome playing in that. Uh, but, yeah, when when Joe Burrow caught his own pass for a 21-yard completion in the first quarter of the game, after that I was like, mm, probably isn't going to end too well for us. And it was downhill ever since. So, Steven, you were at Mercer before, right? I was. What was that change like when you went from, from uh, well, Macon, Georgia? I mean, like it's obviously going to be a completely different situation from when you're there to what Kirby Smart has going in Athens? I actually transferred when the transfer portal was like first available. It wasn't really a thing. Not like it was, not like it is now by far. Right. Um, but whenever I left Mercer, I actually knew I was leaving before I played my final season. Like I already knew I was going to Georgia. 
and the reason for that is is the special teams coach who coached me at Georgia, who's now in Arkansas, coaching under Coach Pittman, he recruited me in high school whenever he was at Auburn. And him and I had a really good relationship. We never uh, broke a bridge. We stayed in communication every once in a while. Um, and then whenever I kind of made that decision that I think I wanted to leave Mercer and give playing big, a big ball a shot, I uh, actually had my special teams coach at Mercer reach out to him, which is weird. And him, my special teams coach at Mercer had a great relationship. Um, and he was like, hey, you know, I appreciate everything you do. I'll, I'll help you any way we can. Um, but obviously, if you decide to transfer, just know that you won't have a spot if something were to happen. You know what I mean? We have to move forward without you. So uh, I made a decision that I was good with that, uh, whether it worked out for me or not. Because um, at that point, I knew I was going to graduate in December from Mercer um, after that final season. And uh, honestly, it was just a string of luck. It's a funny story, actually. I knew I was supposed to see Chris is going to reach out to his name's Coach Fountain, who I played for. Um, but I was, of all places, God, this is such a good story. Of all places, I was sitting at Chili's eating dinner with my family. That's <laughs> where business um, happens. I, I know. That, by the way, is the last time I've ever eaten at Chili's, was this. Um, and probably the first time in like four years. But for some reason, I was at Chili's uh, eating, and my special coach called me and said, Hey, you know, I spoke with Coach Fountain of Georgia. Keep your phone close. Um, and yeah, basically, they're, they're taking you if you want them. So they called me and said, Yep, I'm in. And it was that was that. And that was like the beginning of summer. Like I had just finished my spring semester of going, going in in my last semester at Mercer. So I trained all summer knowing that I was going to go to Georgia and then played all fall and had to keep it a secret. I made a deal with the head coach at Mercer and I was supposed to be coached like, hey, we keep this between the three of us. I'll give you everything I got for my last season and then I won't, I won't say a word to anyone until after the season's over. So that was a, it's, it's a weird story. It's not a typical story. Um, I actually put my name in the portal for a whopping one hour. <laughs> it's a better story literally than some one hour. Have, yeah. yeah, I was literally in the portal for one hour. You know, when when that happens, man, every I don't know, every school's got people that just look at the portal all day long. So when name got in the portal, when that when that actually happened, it wasn't whenever it was legal by the NCAA to actually communicate. So my name hit the portal, Georgia called me, I approved, and then I called my admin people at Mercer and said, Pull me out of the portal, I'm done. And it happened kind of that fast. I remember when you um, you called me and you were you were asking if I could make you a highlight reel of your uh, your Mercer stuff, and you were like, "Yeah, I'm going to be going to Georgia." And I was like, "Wow, that's." Uh, and you're like, "Don't tell anybody." I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. Like one of my buddies is going to go get to play, you know, for you know the team that I've watched since I was a kid." So it was it was always awesome to to know you got the shot to go up there and do that. It was a uh, man. I was thinking leaving yesterday afternoon and I was like, man, that was something that high school me would have never thought I was going to do. Um, so I was just pretty, pretty lucky and pretty fortunate enough to be able to be, I don't know, go do it and actually, actually play, which is another kind of thing I never thought I'd do anyways. So it was pretty cool. When you finally got to Georgia, uh, you didn't have the starting spot right off the bat. You were kind of just kind of in, in the mix, right? 
Yeah, so a senior had just graduated. He was going into the draft. They had a redshirt freshman who's one of my best friends now, um, but his name's Van Walker. He was there, and they had it was they basically they had three freshmen on the team, and then this senior. So I knew that when I was looking before I ever like made a decision to look at transfer, I picked out three schools that I wanted to go to. And I was basically only going to go to these three schools. And if it didn't work out, I was just going to be done. It was Vanderbilt because they had a one-year NBA. Um, Clemson is because they, they had a one-year NBA. And it was Clemson. I've always had a, kind of had a weird thing for Clemson. Um, I think it would be awesome to go to school there. And then three was Georgia. One, it was in-state, close to family. And I knew I was going to be engaged whenever I was there you know, in school. So I didn't want to be far away from Morgan at the time. Uh, definitely not like somewhere in Michigan or Notre Dame or Ohio State. I'm like, I don't want to be that far away. Not worth it to me. Um, so when I did that, it um, that's kind of what where where my thought process was. So you were holding the two biggest secrets of your entire life at the exact same time. Is that correct? Engagement and going to Georgia, transferring. Sorry, I got an incoming call. <laughs> Not at eight o'clock at night, it threw everything off. So, to answer your question, yeah, I did have two pretty big secrets going on. Luckily, I knew I was. I, you know, Morgan knew I was going to go to Georgia. She was with me when I got the phone call, so she knew, uh, and that was in like May of twenty eighteen. Is when that was, and I didn't graduate from Mercer till December of 2018. So, you had to keep it quiet. It was tough, especially like with like my best buddies down there at school. You know what I mean? The guys I lived with. It was really tough, but at the same time, one of the big reasons I wanted to give it a shot is because one, I felt complacent at Mercer. I felt like I just wasn't getting better. Um. Like I, I actually saw myself getting worse. I was like, ah, man, I'm just, I'm either, I'm coasting it out right here. I'm not like, I'm literally getting worse <laughs> or I, I need to do something. Right. Um, so one of the biggest reasons I was good with leaving was because my two best friends did not register as a freshman like I did. So they were done regardless. And I was going to be down at school for a whole year without the two people that I really shared my entire experience with at school. And since they were going to be there, I was like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to go on and do my thing my last year and see if it works out. So that first year at the university of Georgia, your, your final year, the, uh, well, I guess your graduate senior season. Tell us about that season. Walk us through. I mean, it was a legendary season for, by most standards. I mean, like Kirby smart is still getting going uh, at the university of Georgia and, I mean, look, you had a, a, a very successful season, BCA, or excuse me, an AP, uh, a New Year's Six, like, finish. Uh, I mean, walk us through that season. What was that like? You don't have to talk about the South Carolina game. That's okay. Yeah, I'll probably definitely skip that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I got there. Like I said, I was there during bowl season. Bowl season is, you know, at the end of the season, they're just trying to not have, get anyone hurt. So it was kind of – it was a little lackadaisical, but I, it helped me out a lot when we got to spring ball because I knew what to expect at practice, right? I knew how practices were going to run. So that was really beneficial for me being 
at the bowl season prior to the bowl I played in is getting that experience and knowing how practices are run. So when a workout started in January, man, I thought I was in shape and I would quickly learn that, oh my gosh, I am not uh, where I need to be. Uh, and that's after playing four seasons of Division One football, right? It's not FBS, Power 5, of arguably, let's call them one of the best four teams in the country now wow. in today's world, right? Um, but nonetheless, Mertz is an accredited program. They're first in their conference this year. Probably going to win the Southern Conference and go to playoffs. And they lost the championship last year by a last-second touchdown. You know what I mean? Their conference. So Mercer is good. they got a great program down there. Very good. But it's just different. And that's that's one of the hardest things to explain to people. Like, what is the difference between Mercer and Georgia? It, it's hard to explain. So the best guy at Mercer, and this is going to sound so bad, and I don't mean it that, this way. <laughs> the best guy at Mercer is going to struggle at Georgia no matter what at a school like Georgia, just because the hype around the program, the amount of athletes across the country that are at Georgia and how intense it actually is. You know, I'm like, there is a reason these coaches, you see them get so fired up on the sideline is because they have, in, in essence, they have put their fate in the hands of 18 to 23 year old kids they want to do nothing but chase girls and drink beer. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's how they're that's how they're making their money and feeding their families every single night. If you think about it, and that's just reality. And so I'm like, dude, I, it is it is so intense. So that's the biggest thing that kind of shot me is when I got there. I was like, holy crap! Like, I know myself, and it helped me that I was an older guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I was treated a little bit differently. I wasn't like an incoming freshman where they, you know, there's no hazing, but Hey, you know, you're going to get broken into the program. Let's call it. Um, coaches are going to beat down on you a whole lot more than they are a senior that's been there four years. And one thing I was thankful of is that the entire staff and organization of Georgia treated me like a senior, even though I was my first year on the team. So that helped me out a lot, but man, that, that fall or that spring semester was tough. Uh, there were a lot of days where I was like, man, is this even worth it? I'm like, I am like the second oldest, third oldest guy on the team behind two people that play in the MLB that are getting their school paid for by the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees and just wow. there to have a good time. You know what I mean? Like I was the third oldest guy behind those, a 26-year-old and a 28-year-old who were walk-ons getting a free education thanks to the MLB. So I was like, man, I was like, I, I heard a little bit more than a lot of other people just because of my age. And that sounds really bad coming from a freaking long sniper. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm like, treatment like this sucks. But one thing it did is it, man, it, it, that program forces you to get better. You either get better or you get forgotten about. And you get run out of that program. So all these guys I see hit the transfer portal, they're leaving and doing this. It's not because they didn't get the opportunity. More times than not, it's because they didn't take advantage of the opportunity they were given. Or they just cracked under pressure. Um, I can't tell you how many times it came down to, hey, if you screw up on this play, consider yourself you're never going to play here. I heard it so many times. But that's the kind of pressure that has to happen in workouts and scrimmages, and player-led practices, in spring ball, in fall camp, is if you screw up, 
don't expect to play on Saturday because failure is not an option here. And that's the kind of program Kirby to this day, and that's why they won a national championship last year, and we went on to win the Sugar Bowl that year. Um, but spring was tough. Uh, I think I dropped like 9% body fat. I mean, they ran, they literally ran the weight off me. Um, and what was funny is like, I was like, man, I've been doing this four years, and there are freshmen that are flying past me, not even breathing on I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Have you been running 5,000 miles a day? Like, why are you not out of shape? Because I'm puffing and puffing over here. Um, but it made me better. I, it, it truly got me ready for the season and, and what was to come. And there's a reason, man. There's a reason they're so good. Um, their strength coach there is top notch. Um, I love that guy. There's not a better dude um, in that program. Uh, than Scott Singler, truly. He is an awesome strength and conditioning coach and just a good person to be around and mentor. And then the summer I was there, there were like five people there for Maymester, me, Jake Fromm, Jake Camarda, and like two other DBs. And like we were the only five people there during Maymester because um, I was trying to do my master's in one year. So I took a full, full load spring, summer, and fall to graduate. So I was there. We all took Maymester classes and kind of golfed like five days a week uh, <laughs> after workouts because it was like five of us. So we worked out in like an hour, and that was it. Uh, and then summer started and continued golfing like three days a week. My golf game got really good that summer, <laughs> really good. Uh, we tore up the UGA golf course because there's no kids in town. It happens. You know what I mean? That city shuts down in the summer. So everyone's like, they're, they're just like needing people to come play so we can go play for dirt cheap and just play a lot. Uh, and then the summer, you guys you guys know what happened. You guys got to watch that front row. Um, but basically the way they – the way that Georgia works is during fall camp, you know, they don't tell anyone who's starting ever. Like the way – this is this is the entire program. I literally still get mad at myself sometimes. Sometimes I'm glad, but this is this is the kind of program that they run. Out of the 366 days I lived in Athens and was participating in that program, there was not one day where I ever relaxed, where I ever thought, I've got this job secured. Like I had a bad practice at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans the day before the game, and there was a part of me that was worried I was going to lose my job. It was the last game. I started every single game. There was no way they were going to start anyone else in the freaking bowl game for the last game of my career. But I still was hesitant, thinking, man, I've got to be better because I don't want to run the chance of possibly losing this position in the very last game. So first game we played was Vanderbilt away in Nashville. And they told me I was going to be doing the punts and then Payne Walker was going to be doing the short snaps. On the Friday morning, we left out, and I played the next day. That was it. Wow. I said, hey, you're doing punts, and Payne's doing short snaps, and that's how it's going to be. And if one of you mess up, you will assume the other position. Other than that, that's how we're doing it. That was it. Um, so, and even, like, even during the season, I'm telling you, it is – you did not want to have a bad day. Like I was like, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make sure I do not 
have a bad practice because I don't want to even put the thought in the coach's mind of putting heck giving pain all of the sh- all the reps for a game or two or letting an incoming freshman beat me out beating out beating out a fifth year senior you know what I mean I would I just wasn't going to be that guy so but if you want to run a program that's exactly how to do it don't let it don't ever let anyone think that they have secured the starting job and that no one's going to replace it because with that it forced me to get better until the day I left that place I, I had to get better right I, I never sat just hoping that I was going to keep my job so George is coming out of the bye week right now um, obviously they're coming and taking the world's largest outdoor cocktail party now this this Saturday um, what was it like when you guys were going into the the bye week how does Kirby Smart uh, like attack every single day going into the bye week and then coming out of it Typically, the first few days are fun, back to fundamentals, and that's in most most programs in uh, in college. By week, you've got two weeks to prepare for your next game, but you're not going to spend two weeks focusing on that one team. Uh, typically, you're going to spend that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe first after practice Thursday, focusing on fundamentals, and then there is some of Thursday that you start prepping for that next team. Friday, you come in practice, and then you get your Saturday or Sunday off, right? And then back to practice either Sunday afternoon or Monday morning. You're back prepping for that game week because now you're back in game week. So at Georgia, whenever I was there, it's always, as you know, Georgia, Florida, after the bye week, both teams get their buys before we play each other. And it's awesome because you get two weeks of alligator. So <laughs> nutritionists cook alligator every week, and you get to eat uh, alligator tail. Do you like week. alligator? That is awesome. Do you like alligator? Uh, Oh, I love it. Oh, I good. love it. It was the best. <laughs> it was the that. best. I did not know that. Yeah, that's man. actually really cool. South Carolina. South Carolina chicken all week long. No steak. <laughs> no anything else. Just chicken. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. What's another one? Florida's the best. It's gator. Um, you can't really guys, eat tiger meat ahead of Auburn. I was about to say, do you guys eat tigers? <laughs> no, no tiger. Or that's cat. probably found a prawn. Can you cat for Kentucky? Come after us. Go get Chinese food or something. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's right. Basically. So you need to get a hold of that and shut the whole program down. Yeah, definitely not peanut proof. I don't think tiger, cat, or keto or peanut proof. I would, I would be surprised. Or commodore. We're at steak those weeks. Steak and chicken. There you go. So with it being hate week, uh, how was the experience of going to the neutral site for the Georgia Florida game? How was that whole experience? How was it different than a regular game day, a regular away game day? So. Most teams do a really good job of keeping it neutral no matter who, where you're playing. They keep the same schedule no matter what. But it was cool going down to Jacksonville because when, when you're in that in your bus and the police escort and you're like literally just slicing through traffic, you're thinking like these poor souls that are sitting here, they're going to wait like four hours to even get into the parking spot. Like you're, you're going through them. And in, in Jacksonville, you go over that bridge and you can see the stadium, the Jaguar Stadium right there. And man, I hadn't experienced it. So I'm sitting there in the bus, just looking out the window and all I see is freaking RVs everywhere. And I was like, holy crap, that's a lot of freaking people. <laughs> but I think the coolest part of that game is the fact that that stadium is divided. So we only punted twice that game. I only played two plays. It was one of the worst games I was there. So I have a bad memory of it off performance based, but when when you're there and you're on that field, like whenever I was on that field, 
no matter what way I look down the field, it's either quiet in my right ear and loud in my left or quiet in my left and loud in my right because it's divided. Hey, we were, Wit and I actually were both down there on the wrong side, I believe, cheering you on. So you we heard, I think we were on the Florida side. No, we weren't. We weren't? No, we were like right at the top of the Georgia side, like almost falling over the top of the stadium. Okay. Actually, well, I've actually never been down there for one of these games. So do, do you think that it's it's moving to a home and home? What do you think? Is that good for, is it good for the rivalry? What do you, what do you say? It's good for recruiting. In my opinion, it's the, that's only good for recruiting. I think the, I think the neutral site, the reason it's, it's going to take so much work to move that game out of Jacksonville is the amount of money the city of Jacksonville brings in that yep. weekend. All week long. I mean, all week long, the entire University of Georgia buys St. Simon practically and then destroys the beach and then leaves. Like, just like a college party. I mean, literally, they're in and they're out and they destroy everything. But the city of Jacksonville gets so much money from the people flying in the, the executives and CEOs that fly into that game, they take customers, they put them up in the penthouses of hotels. Like, there's just so much money for the city of Jacksonville for them to lose that. Because other than that, other than TPC Sawgrass, what other big sporting event happens in the city of Jacksonville, right? Other than Jaguars games, but what, 30,000 people go to those on a Sunday if they're winning? <laughs> Maybe. If they're Maybe. winning. If they're winning, and they are this year, but still, you know what I mean? So I think the city of Jacksonville has got that thing locked up. And honestly, it was so much fun. Here's a cool story about that, actually. So we hightail it out of there again. World's largest cocktail party. There are people at that point. When the game's over, they're like, hey, you say hey to your family. Tell them thanks for coming. You love them. Grab your food. Get on the bus. We're getting the heck out of here. We're getting back to Athens. Win or lose, doesn't matter. Everyone get out of the locker room because at that point, people are most of the time feeling pretty good about themselves uh, with no filter. So you walk out there. Luckily, we won, so we didn't hear any of that banter. Um, but, man, I landed. We landed back in Athens. Police escort straight back to Jackson, straight back to the airport, walked right up on the plane, and we were gone. I mean, it was like the fastest we've ever taken off. They were not playing around I walked in my apartment and called my parents, and they were still in the parking lot trying to leave. Wow. wow. Oh, that's crazy. And I was in Athens in my apartment already. What is that, a 45-minute flight? Uh, maybe. Maybe? Shortest flight, shortest flight we took was 22 minutes to Knoxville. I'm not <laughs> wow. even kidding. Wow. 22 minutes. I wish we would have flown to Tech. It would have been like five. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think that one was actually like a 39-minute flight. Because you just fly to Jacksonville International straight into Athens. And we take the bus from the airport back into campus and we're there. So we don't ever deal with Atlanta. That's probably smart. Uh, so what are your expectations for, for this Saturday? What do you, what do you, are you I'm not sure how, how closely you follow the team at this point, but what are you looking at for this weekend? I think Georgia wins 38-17. Here's my fear. quarterback for florida he's he's a loose cannon if someone will dial him in which i'm afraid might happen a little bit this week during the bye week i think florida's if they're smart they're going to get back down to the basics if they get back down to the basement basics that quarterback's a weapon um and if he exposes our secondary we might be in a little bit of trouble but i still think georgia's going to win by three scores at the end of the game um, but i will say this it's georgia florida you never know 
you absolutely never know. Florida, I mean, that's the that's the one game Florida wants to win, other than Florida State, and typically they have not had any issues with that in years past. Well, and that's always thanks the, to Jimbo Fisher. That's always the nerve wracking thing. <laughs> that's so true. That's always a nerve wracking thing about Georgia Florida too. Is you come into that game, no matter where each team's ranked, it's always gonna be. You never know what could happen. Like there's been years that Georgia's been better than Florida, and Florida's come out of nowhere and beating the snot out of Georgia and, and vice versa. So, I mean, I think the year you were there, uh, Georgia and Florida were both coming off losses. Uh, Georgia came off the loss against South Carolina that we're not going to talk about any more than what I just said. And uh, and then Florida was coming off that loss to LSU that was actually pretty decently close. Um, that LSU team that was playing so well at LSU. And uh, I believe Florida was favored in that game. I think they were like six, and I think Georgia was eight or something like that. And the line might have been towards Georgia, but I remember thinking well, a lot was, of people were picking Florida. Dan Mullen that team, right? Yeah, that was year two of Dan Mullen. I think he was 18, 19, 20. Uh, and then last year, obviously, got fired. But I think that was one of his better teams. I remember that was Kyle Trask's first year. See, that was the yes. day. Yeah. That was Kyle Trask. Yep. He, he had a great game, too. He played really, really, yep. really well. Dominic Bylock had a clutch touchdown in that one. And then, um, oh, my buddy, uh, Lawrence Cager, my yeah. transfer buddy oh, from Miami. Cager. Yeah, me and Cager, we were buddies. Me, Cager, and Eli Wolf were all buddies because we were the only three grad transfers on the entire team. We were all in the same classes. So we were all buddies. But Cager had a, he had a great touchdown in that one. And then, Oh, we can probably all remember Brian Harrian's catch out of the backfield, one-handed on the sideline. Yep, I remember that too. Uh, that was a that was a big momentum shift in that game for us when he caught that. I don't think anyone believed he actually caught it. So <laughs> it was a that was a that was a really good win. Um, honestly, kind of a ground and pound game. If you think back on it, we had some pass plays where we scored on passes, but the majority of them is you know DeAndre Swift and Brian Harrian were kind of pounding the rock down the field. Yeah, I remember thinking throughout that game that Georgia, I, I never felt like Georgia was going to lose the game, but Florida kept it close. I mean, I think Georgia was up, we might have been up like 10 to nothing at one point or something, but every time Georgia would score, Florida would come back and, and score. They put a field goal up on the board to keep it within a one possession or something like that. But it, just the way the defense was playing that year, I, I never really felt like Georgia was actually going to lose the game. Uh, but I think that was one of the better games Georgia played in 2019, especially the I think Evan Mc, I think Evan McPherson for Florida had a perfect game that week. That uh, that game he had like four field goals for the Bengals. Yeah, listen, that Jacob right there is good at kicking. He's a better kicker, but his golf game is pretty freaking good too. <laughs> uh, I've played a, I've played a few rounds with him. That dude can absolutely pound the ball down the fairway. So. Speaking of golf, yeah. though, who who does have – you said you played a lot of golf that summer that you were uh, in Athens. Who had the best golf game? You played with Jake Fromm, Kamarda, and everybody else. Who who had the best golf game of everybody you played? Fromm was good. Kamarda just got really good. I mean, he's just – listen, Kamarda's one of my best buddies. We talk monthly still, still to this day. And that joker right there is so freaking athletic. It's one of those – like he's like a friend that's really frustrating. He'll never play ping pong, but he's gonna he's gonna beat you every single time you play. But you might practice for a month, but he's still gonna beat you. And he'll he'll play with his left hand and never tell you and still beat you. So he's really athletic. Kamara probably Kamara's probably was the best golfer on the team, but Stetson Bennett really? is really good at golf. That summer 
Camarda, Stetson, myself, and Payne Walker. And Brooks Buse, actually, the backup kicker who's now kicking at uh, Boy. Um, we played a lot of golf that summer. And Stetson plays with, like, clubs from got to be the 80s. Like, they're, they're the first rendering of a non-wooden club. And he, he absolutely hammers the ball. I've watched that dude outdrive me by 40 yards before. That's probably the most Stetson Bennett thing I've heard in a very long time. I was going to say that's it's not super sort of surprising considering he had a flip phone last year. <laughs> he, he's one of the, he's another one of those athletes for, you know, he, he's an athlete. There's a reason he's there playing for Georgia at the height and weight he is, is he typically is going to prevail at the end of the day. So I love Stetson. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, just good, honest, down to earth, dude. Uh, good buddies. So, um, love all the success that he's getting. That dude, no one's going to work harder than him. Not at that position. So I'm happy to see him be successful. So, Stephen, last year, uh, I know we were talking about Georgia won a national championship. Um, did you get to travel and go watch the team at all? Did you end up going to the national championship or anything? Or uh, doing anything with so, those guys after they won? I did not. There's some pretty good stories that I can't say that I have heard um, from basically the week after. I know basically Athens was like a degenerate town, uh, <laughs> which a, a slight part of me envies that I wish I could have been a part of just, just because the stories that have come out of that, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't do anything with them. I, I talked to a lot of those guys, obviously after and throughout that week when they were doing the parades and all, you know, all that stuff that uh, Athens put on for them. But um, I, w I went to almost all the home games last year and I actually had the chance to go to the national championship. But at that point, Morgan was pregnant, like, I don't know, seven months probably at that time. And definitely wasn't staying. There wasn't a hotel cheaper than $1,000 and you couldn't catch a flight. So we were driving to Indianapolis, if that was the case. And we actually thought about it for like two hours the day before the game. Like, we'll just drive up all night, be there during the day, and then we'll drive back halfway, get a hotel in some town after the game. Um, but decided to not go to that game. The Mercer, the, uh, God, I almost said Mercer Police. The <laughs> Athens Clark County Sheriff Department uh, had their work cut out for them between the team just being out and just, you know, the ruckus. That was caused downtown. Every every night, the bars were slapped full of people just celebrating for a week straight. Wow. I'm like, man, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I might have gone to Creature Comforts. Maybe terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> not a night, Steve. Remember, it's a day bar. Spray that. Yeah, I would definitely not have been going to class. Uh, and I probably <laughs> would have been there, actually. Yeah. Dang. Definitely Creature Comforts. <laughs> creature Comforts. Well, thank you for coming on, Steve, and talking to us about some Georgia football for a little bit. It's been awesome to have you on, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. Hopefully the uh, dogs beat Florida, and hopefully Kentucky beats Tennessee, and Georgia beats Tennessee, and we continue on. I don't like Hendon Hooker. If anyone's feeling it, that dude is feeling every, everything. Uh, so, but I'll say Tennessee doesn't have hooker. I don't think they have their offense period. So maybe, maybe we'll pay Kentucky to hurt hooker. 
Well, too seriously, guys. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed this. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, Steven. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bulldog Bite. Before you log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on our Instagram and TikTok at Bulldog Bite Podcast and on Twitter at Bulldog Bite Pod. When you're not listening to the Bulldog Bite, be sure to check out the Big Game College Football Podcast stream. 24 hours of nothing but the best independent team-specific podcasts in the South. The link to the stream will be down in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, go dogs.